You're dialed into the U-Demand Podcast Sideline Report. Welcome on into the Utah Man Podcast. On this episode, we're talking Utes get some running backs out of the transfer portal, and the news about guys staying with the Utes instead of going to the NFL, and we'll hit on some Utah basketball. Going to give you our, our feelings of what's going on up at the Hill. I'm Cameron, and I got Ryan. What's up, Ute Nation? And Scott. What is up? It's good to be back. Talking a little Utah football. It's been a bit. It, it's been a bit. You know, we had the holidays and then life just kind of gets in the way. Uh, but we do these sideline report episodes uh, when there's news, things we just want to talk about. And uh, we try to keep it not as long as our traditional episodes. But let's go ahead and jump into it. Utah hits the transfer portal. So what you're trying to say is we're limiting what Scott says so it doesn't rule the show. Pretty much. So Utah <laughs> hits the transfer portal. You guys portal haven't been successful at that yet. <laughs> with two running backs, uh, TJ Pledger out of Oklahoma and Chris Curry um, out of LSU, both four, former four-star running backs. Uh, this is huge. Uh, big news for Utah, you know, with the devastating news with Ty Jordan and I definitely want to talk about that, get your guys' um, thoughts and feelings around that. But before we do that, let, let's talk about the, these transfers coming in. Uh, super excited. You know, last time we got together, we talked about Utah hitting with the quarterback. Uh, you know, a big Christmas day for Utah. And Christmas came early again uh, for the Utes, getting, picking up these two running backs. Uh, just just over-the-moon excitement for these two guys. Yeah, I mean, I think it speaks to the the reputation that Utah is, is getting nationally, regionally, um, offensively and what they're doing at the running back position. Obviously we all wish there was not a need to go out and get, um, running backs at the, uh, um, through the transfer portal or anything like that with, with that tragedy that hit all of a sudden, Wilmore transfers out, Bromfield transfers out, the inf- the unfortunate death of, of Ty Jordan and the depth is just gone at the running back position, and uh, so for Utah to go out and not only not only get interest, but to be able to secure the commitments from two top line four star running back recruits, um, you know Chris Curry from LSU who was really kind of supposed to be the next big thing down at LSU, TJ Pledger from Oklahoma. I mean, these are guys that in most years, man, even if we just gain some interest from them, that's a success. But to ultimately get the secure the commitment, get both of them in the same year, that just that just tells you where this program's at and and the strides that they've made to be able to to go out and not only and attract these guys, but get them here um, to play for the Utes. Kind of along those lines, we we talk about how at least as us with as fans here uh, we've, we've known that Utah has been a, a heavy run dominant program for a lot of years um, and put a few guys in the NFL from time to time. But the last few years, you've got Booker, you've got Joe Williams, you've got Moss and it's really put Utah on the map as far as getting guys that can really run the football and then move on uh, to the next level. Well, and I think you can see that in the recruiting cycle. Uh, if you go back, you know, Zach Moss is probably going to go down as the best running back in Utah history because uh, he owns all the all the records, right? Uh, but if you look at the ratings uh, coming out of high school, you know, Mackay Bernard was rank, is ranked higher than Moss. Ty Jordan was is ranked higher than Moss. 
TJ Pludger, Chris Curry, just off the charts, ranked higher than Zach Moss and even Ricky Park, who they signed at the early signing period out of Florida. I mean, I don't want to say Zach Moss is like the benchmark and and just because they're rated better than him, they're going to be better than him. Uh, but I think it just shows how this program is maturing and how all these highly rated guys that I think Utah was just hoping to talk to a couple of years ago, they're, they're getting them, they're landing them, they're getting them into the program. I think we tend to forget sometimes uh, we, we, you know, we look at the running backs and think how great, how great they are. You know, they're obviously great athletes and, and producing, but you forget about the guys who get them here, the coaches who recruit them and the coaches who, who coach their position. Uh, and we know there's a lot of coaches that play into getting guys here, but from running backs, I mean, Kyle McDonald, gets a ton of credit for landing these guys and helping them produce on the field and then get to the next level. Yeah, I, I think Kyle, he's kind of an underrated part of this recruit, this this coaching staff and his ability to recruit. Obviously, you know, the relationship that he had with Moss, big reason that uh, Ty Jordan came was his ability to create that relationship. And then and then both Pledger and Curry have said uh, similar things, and so Kyle's kind of a superstar on this on this staff, recruiting wise, and he's building his own reputation um, to go out and be able to attract these guys and sell them and and close that deal to get them here in Utah. So, you know, he's 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 been kind of a pleasant surprise, definitely um, from the recruiting aspect of things. I mean, definitely he's killing it on the recruiting trail. Um, but with Pledger and Curry, you know, I, I can't be, I can't understate how, how big this is for the program. Pledger, you know, is a freakish athlete. Uh, he can play all over the field if you need him to. Uh, I really like him catching the ball out of the bat, uh, out of the backfield, a really versatile player. And then you got Curry, who's, who's going to be your big bruiser. Uh, when it's third down and you need that, that one yard, something that Utah struggled with the last two seasons. Um, I think Curry's really going to help in that. Uh, he's 5'11", listed at 216. Uh, I have seen and heard he's more around 220, uh, but he carries it well. I mean, he's 220, but he's a fast 220. Uh, so really excited about these guys coming in the program. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, can, can you, you could just kind of picture it right now. Bring DeQuayton Jackson in for uh, either some Wildcat or just bring him in at the quarterback position on the goal line, Chris Curry behind him. I think our I think our short uh, short yardage gains that were such a problem this year will not be a problem next year. <laughs> there won't be anyone you know under center who turns around and tries to back into the end zone or back into the first down. <laughs> nope, he has moved to uh, Southern <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> you know, I am excited to talk about uh, the guys that are coming back. Uh, you know, a, a lot of things to be proud about with this program. And, and, you know, and as I mentioned, I want to talk about Ty Jordan. The three of us haven't talked about it at all, really, just over text messaging. Uh, so really interesting what you guys have to say. We're up against a break. Uh, so let's go do that. When we come back, l- let's talk a little bit more Utah football. Big news, guys coming back. Devin Lloyd, who many Huge. people thought it- could be a second-round draft pick, coming back. Brant Keithy had had you know potential to get drafted is coming back and Nick Ford um, another guy who who was projected to get drafted all three uh, are coming back this is big for the program 
It's it's 2019 all over again, fellas. Everybody's coming back for one final uh, one final run to get the unfinished to, business to get that Pac-12 title and play in the Rose Bowl. So 2019 came close. We'll see if these guys. I'll tell you what. It's going to come down to that quarterback play. Out of out of the four options that we're going to have, can one of them be great? That's all we need. We just need one of them to be great. I don't even think they need to be great. I just think they need to be above average. I uh, I don't know because Huntley was pretty dang good and our defense was loaded. We had Zach Moss and we still came up short. <laughs> I think we got to be pretty great. So I think a lot of the reason why guys are coming back is because because of that unfinished business. Um, I know that was kind of the, the, the mantra a couple of years ago with with Moss and, and Huntley, you know, their senior year. Um, but I really think that just the craziness uh, of this 2020 season and then uh, what's happened since the season, and especially around Ty Jordan, um, you know, I, I get the feel that this team is, I mean, obviously they have that family atmosphere. It's something that, that Winningham has instilled and built into this program for years now. Uh, but I think what's happened this offseason has taken it to a whole nother level. You know, the things I'm hearing and, and you guys are hearing as well is a lot of these guys, it wasn't that hard of a decision for them to come back. They want to take Utah to that next level. Well, I, I, you know, I don't, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. I, I just, I mean, with that point that you're, you're making there, I just think that mantra of, you know, family on three, the Utah football family, you're, you're seeing it. You're seeing it before every, everybody's eyes. That is truly a family. It's not just a cool slogan that they've come up with um, to get good PR or recruiting pitch or anything like that. It's Kyle Whittingham, this staff. They treat these guys like a fa- like family, and they rally together. And you know, that, I'm not saying other programs don't because uh, they clearly do. But I think it is a little bit rare that guys continually, when they have the opportunity to get drafted are coming back. I mean, in 2019, when uh, uh, Fotu and I and Zach Moss all came back, um, you know, they, they want to be, I think I think all these guys want to be the first team to win the Pac-12 here at Utah. It hasn't been done before. It would be huge. It would be program changing. And I think these guys want to be a part of it. Um, you know, I think, and, and ultimately, you know, Devin Lloyd and, and Keithy, and and Nick Ford and this these guys that have invested so much in this program, they want to get over the hump. They want to see Utah win the Pac-12, play in a Rose Bowl, and uh, and I, I think they enjoy being here. Uh, I think that plays a big role that they want to be a part of this. They enjoy being a part of the Utah football family, and obviously with all that's gone on with Ty Jordan. Um, you've seen firsthand the family type atmosphere that this program has. The tight Jordan loss is, is, is big. He, w- he is a generational talent that we saw this past season. And I- I'm not saying he would have won the Heisman, but he would have been a Heisman hopeful before his time was done at Utah. And, and the fact that Utah was able to charter a flight to get guys down to the funeral 
I mean, that right there speaks the volume of the family atmosphere in this program. And then you have Ty Jordan's casket at the funeral right above the Rose Bowl logo. It's destiny, buddy. It's destiny. <laughs> and, and I'm not trying to put, you know, that pressure on the uh, on the, on this team and, uh, or anything like that. But it just it just shows you that the type of of character, the type of of people that Kyle has in his program uh, that makes it easy to be a fan and makes it easy uh, to cheer for these guys. And I think that's the thing I'm going to miss most about Ty Jordan. Um, you know, he's a phenomenal athlete. Uh, but the fact that this past season, just the joy that he brought into in watching a game with my family, with my seven-year-old, you know, giving high fives, uh, jumping up and down. Those are the things that that I'm thankful that he was able to give me as a fan and something I, you know, I, I'm going to miss. And, and I think that's what really hit me the, the hardest is just those special moments I was able to have with my family because of him. Well, I mean th- that, uh, the, the news, I mean, I, I don't think I'll probably ever forget that moment when I, when I saw and heard the news that, uh, that he was gone. I mean, so tragic. So, so quickly after the season when he had just busted onto the scene um, was, you know, Pac-12 freshman of the year, uh, freshman All-American. And what he did, I mean, he just took over offensively for this team as a true freshman. And obviously, from a fan's perspective, we didn't get to see the recruiting side. We didn't get to see the locker room and interaction with teammates and, and really that type of impact that he was able to make as a person and as a teammate to everybody else in that locker room. Um, heck, we didn't even get to see him in, in the flesh in Rice Eccles. We didn't get to cheer him on. He never got to hear those roars of the crowd to go as he's running in for a touchdown. And, uh, but yet with five games over TV, he made, he made an impact on people on this fan base. And, uh, you know, it's without even knowing the guy, it was just heartbreaking. It was heart wrenching. To, that he was gone and that his teammates would not see him again. He would not, you know, be up there ever again for us to cheer cheer him on and see see the incredible talent that he has. Um, but ultimately, what a tribute to him. You, you see um, where that funeral was held, the support, n- not just regionally, not just in Texas or here in Utah, but nationally, the support for him for this Utah football program, um, it meant a lot. And, uh, yeah, to, to your point, Cam, seeing what, how this football team responded, um, and rallied around and was there for him in that moment. That makes that makes you proud to be a U fan right there. You know, those are, those are the moments that sure we all want success on the field, but those are the moments you're truly proud to be, be a, be a fan of that program. And I bet if you talk to each of those players that chose to come back, I bet part of that decision was to try to win win this for Ty. I think he meant that much to them. Yeah. You know, well, I, I mean, I, I think you're going to see that. I think you're going to see, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what the university is going to do. We've heard some things that uh, – 
Um, the tunnel in Section 22 is going to be re renamed the Ty Jordan Tunnel, which is where we happen to sit, which is pretty cool. Um, and uh, I think there's going to be some things that uh, to honor him and that will really inspire this team to, to go and, and play for him and get that success that, that he was after ultimately. But, um, you know, tough, tough for this program, tough for this coaching staff to have to go through this. And then ultimately, while you're grieving, go and find replacements and, and still be those coaches still, still have to put that grieving aside and those, those hard emotions and continue to lead and run this program. Um, you know, it's a big off season for this team and with all that they went through this last year. Um, so it, it'll be good. It'll be good come spring ball to see them get back out on the field and these guys to be able to start doing what they what they love to do. All right. So that's kind of our thought with this football program right now. Um, as like I said, you know, last episode that we did, uh, the future's bright for Utah. You know, as these guys come back to school this next semester and start with their conditioning programs, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see them start taking those next steps. Um, as as a unit, as, as a program. Uh, but before we wrap things up, we got to talk about basketball. Things on the hill right now are such a mess. Utah 5-6 and six on the year, 2-5 and five in conference play. Uh, if you're on Twitter, if you're following other Utah fans right now regarding this basketball program, it, it, it's not pretty right now on what's going on on the hill. Not even close. They're pretty good in the first half. <laughs> it's those it's those darn second halves where Larry can't uh, um, can't adjust is ultimately is what's killing this team. But uh, you know, I don't even know where to start when it comes to Utah basketball. I feel like we've just been on this train for so long. It feels it feels like an eternity ago that we were really successful, that we were legit having opportunities for the NCAA tournament. And it's just this perpetual transfer, transfer, transfer. Well, next year. Okay, now we got these guys and next year's it. We've been saying that year after year after year. And once again, it's gonna it's we're in the same boat. Well, maybe next year. I've had it. I've had it. We've been we've been on this train for ten years and uh it's about time it's pulled into its final station. Well, I mean, all you have to do is look look locally here. BYU lost some really important players from last year's team, where they would have been an NCAA tournament team. Obviously, had uh, had the tournament taken place, Utah State again lost some crucial pieces. Both teams are probably right back in the hunt to get to get back to the NCAA tournament. Utah State for the third straight year, which like never happens. So teams around us are doing it. They're getting the job done. They're playing basketball at a high level. They're retaining important recruits. They're not losing everybody through the portal. But that's not happening here with Larry. There's no, there's no positive momentum. There's no juice for this program right now. And all we do is we lose important guys. Last year it was Booth Gotch. Tell me, tell me he wouldn't be helpful on this team this year. We have no upperclassmen. There's no leadership. Guys that were supposed to be pretty good just fade out. You want me to keep ranting and raving? I mean, 
Ryland Jones for a freshman last year, there was so much upside, we all thought. And he's just got nothing. He's done nothing. I mean, he misses wide open shots all the time. And Carlson, who came on at the end of last season and looked to be, uh, you know, somewhat of a force in the middle. He can't even get minutes now. I know. Making the NCAA appearance two times in 10 years is not good. And frankly, I'm getting sick of the excuses every single game, it seems like. The last four games, Scott, you called it out, but their leads at halftime, 10, 10, 9, and 12 points. How do you lose those games? And I'm sick of the excuses of, well, we were in a hotel room for five days. That's why we came out flat. That's why we lost the game. I'm sick of the excuse of, well, this is an NBA schedule. What are you going to do when it's tournament time and you're playing back-to-back-to-back? So I don't want to hear these, these, these excuses, and that's all they are. If you want to come out and say, you know, Cal played better than us, or Oregon played better than us, UCLA played better than us, then I'm fine with it. Call, call a spade what a spade what it is. Kyle doesn't come up with these excuses. Kyle doesn't make up excuses where, oh, our flight was delayed by two hours, and that's why we lost. I'm sick of it. Played four he's, games in eight days. He he's your typical coach on the hot seat that knows he's done, and he's just th- gonna throw everything at the wall to see what sticks. Which is really worst case scenario because nobody buys it. Everybody has no patience. So why are we gonna listen to these dumb excuses? Four games in eight days. Nobody does this. This isn't college football. Literally, Larry. Everybody is doing that this year. It's called a pandemic. Everybody is doing what you're doing. Schedules are condensed to get them in. So Colorado just did the exact same thing last week that Utah did. They went 4-0. All right? So these excuses that just continue to pile up, he doesn't take any responsibility for his team's play. He just wants to, he just wants to continue to pass it off and i'm sick of it they don't play team ball it's just hero one-on-one ball i'm sick of watching it i appreciate everybody that's in the program and i appreciate their hard work but these guys need a new voice they need a new voice to lead them they need somebody who better understands the game that can actually motivate these guys and get them playing a brand of basketball that can be competitive in the pac-12 because this isn't happening. It's not working. Sorry, Larry. Y- you got to be done. Mark Harlan has to pull the trigger on this. They've got to find a way to pay this buyout. Because if he comes back for another season, it's going gonna, it's gonna to tell everybody loud and clear, Mark Harlan does not take Utah basketball seriously because he's just going to let it flounder. Yeah, I mean that was what I was going to say next. Is we're all in agreement that his his time at Utah is done or should should be done, but in an in a time where it's being reported now that the athletic department's going to lose probably around thirty five forty million dollars because of the pandemic, how can they afford the buyout? I don't think they can. Well, because you got to pay a new coach. The- it's not like they're that. not going to they're not going to do it one lump sum. It's going to be over a course of several years and it's looking like it's probably going to be about 6.8 million after this year. 
I would assume there's got to be some high ups that would pony up some money that would help this buyout process. A who little are bit. the high ups though? Because we all knew that the Huntsman family was the ones who wanted Kraskoviak here. Well, but, but I, they also want good basketball. No, I, I agree. And, and maybe it's come to a point where everyone just says, Hey, he's, you know, it's been 10 years. He's not doing it. We need to move on. But, uh, I, I just can't imagine people that are paying a lot of money into this program because this program has resources. They've got great facilities. They've got plenty of resources and they've got plenty of booster support. People are not just going to sit back and be like, okay, we're just going to keep taking this year after year after year. They're just not going to do it. And Scott, I don't mean to cut you off, but I was talking to to someone and, and he asked me, you know, what's going on with Utah basketball? Did they just not care about it because of football? Is football taking all the money? And the answer is no. That that basketball facility is top notch in the conference. It is so nice. Money's going into that program. There's no return on the investment people are getting. And the, and those investments are wins. And I'm not I, I don't want to take anything personal at Larry because I, I like Larry. I think he's a very, you know, I think he's a great guy. The interactions I've had with him as a media member, he's been, you know, very nice. And I'm sure he, he, you know, he knows X's and O's. He knows more basketball than we'll ever know in our lifetime. But this is a result-driven industry, and the results aren't there. Now, you, you've got to make a change just for the sake of this program, for the future of this program. There's talent there. This team can. This team should be better than what they are. And and ultimately, they've got to make that decision because they just cannot continue to go down this road year after year. Larry's paid like one of the top fifteen coaches in the country. Okay, so you're gonna t- you're gonna have to take in this this buyout, and obviously, depending on who you get, you're gonna find somebody probably in the two million dollar range um, is what I would anticipate. So you're not gonna be paying the next guy nearly as much as what Larry's getting. And I think with a little booster s- support on this buyout, I think I think it, I think it can happen, and and obviously hopeful that it uh, that it does. Wish Larry nothing but the best, but uh, um, it, this this program has to go another direction. All right, so I think that will do it for us. Scott, where can people find you on Twitter? Yeah, you find me Ute Man underscore forever. And Ryan at Drum and Feather. Drum the letter N Feather. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Utah Man Podcast. You can go to our home, utahmanpodcast.com, where we have all our episodes and interviews that we have. And you can always listen to us wherever you listen to a podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. We are there. Until next time, go Utes. Go Utes. Go Utes will be tell I die. We're good. Let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah.